Welcome to the Jordan Journey Podcast. Each episode, we're going to take you with us on a journey talking with teachers in Jordan School District. We're excited to have you come along for the ride. Well, we're back in our second year of our podcast, Kira. We've just come back from a great summer break. Maybe I'm curious just a little bit about what you did over your summer break. Oh my goodness. Um, I did bunch, bunches and bunches of conferences. I just went all, all over the place conferencing. It was great. I'm curious, what about your summer? What did you do? So I'm fortunate that I'm able to work all summer long preparing <laughs> for the next school year. So it was wonderful, but I did enjoy also sneaking away for a little professional learning and a few vacations mixed in there, here and there. But mostly a lot of my time, I got very curious about the ASB building. It was awesome. <laughs> um, so I noticed a lot of um, curiosity in... That is a very curious word that we're using, Yes. <laughs> Um, so our theme today is getting curious with someone you all might know very well as our superintendent, Dr. Godfrey, um, also the well-known host of the Supercast. Um, so Dr. Godfrey, why don't you introduce yourself and give people, they may, may not know a little bit about your background, so why don't you just give us a quick rundown of your all history. Right. Well, thanks for having me on. I uh, have been superintendent now for four years. That seems very weird. Congratulations. Wow. That's awesome. I started eight months before COVID hit. Oh. And uh, so I kind of became the COVID superintendent pretty quickly. So you had it all down by the time that happened. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, eight months is plenty of time to have the job <laughs> completely figured yeah. out and be completely prepared for a worldwide pandemic. So <laughs> it worked out nicely. Ooh. No, I've been in Jordan now. This is, uh, I'm starting my 31st year in Jordan School District. Way to go. I spent a se uh, semester out uh, as an intern, as an administrative intern. But otherwise, I've been in Jordan. I taught language arts at the middle school and high school level. Taught French, drama, journalism, pretty much whatever would get me a job. Wow. And uh, I've been an administrator at the high school and middle school level. And I've been the cabinet level for more than half of my career, 17, 18 years, something like that. So it's been great. I've loved it. We've noticed a trend that, like, the coolest people used to be English teachers. <laughs> well, We're all recovering English teachers. That's right. Back when it was called English, not language arts. Yeah, exactly. Yes, mm -hmm. that's right. Back in the 1900s, that's when I was teaching. 1900s. I love it. Now, we've kind of heard your bio as though we were looking at your LinkedIn profile. Kira's got some hard-hitting questions here for you so that I'm we ready. can get to know a little bit beyond your bio. Yeah. So, Kira, why don't you take away our first uh, kind of get-to-know-you question? So, I don't – I have two options, and I don't know which one's going to be the better one. Um, let's do this one. What's your go-to karaoke song? Like, which one do you rock on stage? First of all, everyone needs a go-to karaoke song. <laughs> right? That's there right. is a time when you need to show that you are prepared <laughs> to put yourself out there and be on stage. My go-to karaoke song is, I almost hate to give it away because it's such a perfect choice. It's Johnny Be Good. Oh, so that is a great it's song. It's nostalgic for the 50s and that roots kind of... Uh, seminal rock and roll, mm -hmm. but also Back to the Future, of course, with yes. Michael J. Fox. The other thing is you don't need any range. You're basically talking. Back up in those the evergreens. So long, I'm a earth and wood. 
You know, it's just like you're basically <laughs> kind of, you can almost mumble it and you're pulling it off. So, so you can Bob Dylan it. Absolutely. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a great karaoke song. I recommend it to anybody. Oh my gosh. I tend to go like shocker, super dramatic with my choice of music. Yeah. Um, so what is yours? So Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton. Oh, like, see that, that wow. requires passion and skill yes. and timing. And like, you have to commit. Ripping your heart out on stage. Like, yes, all, all yeah. to that. Now, see, if I were going that direction, I'd go totally clips of the heart. Oh, if you see, could that's pull, great if you too. could pull it off. I mean, it's karaoke. I don't think you necessarily need to pull it off, but uh, go that's big true. or go home, man. That's right, true. Jared? What's your go-to karaoke song? Um, I don't have quite the range that the two of you do, so I might say as a joke, I might have they play the song Tequila because there's only one word you have to remember. Oh. Or if I'm being honest. It's probably something by John Denver. I don't know. Maybe would, like would, Rocky Mountain High you know, or something. That's pretty close. I was going to throw out The Gambler for you. you oh, know, Kenny Rogers? Evening, I could do that. Know? Yeah. That is so funny. <laughs> My beard is very <laughs> Kenny rogers Can you picture, can't you yes, picture Jerry going gambler? Oh, as soon as you said that. Coward of the perfect. County. You know, you could do that one. Too, I know maybe. when to hold it and when to fold it. <laughs> See? You're, the, you're halfway there. You're halfway there. Oh, now, we've been talking quite a bit about music here. Mm. So now I'm going to ask the other question. Because, Superintendent, I know this is a passion of yours. Yes. Like, best concert you've ever been to. Oh, wow. That is... Either best concert or first concert. That's like Those the, are both good ways you can go with this. So. For me, that's like the best meal you've ever had. I've gone to a lot oh. of concerts. I have... Uh, that's really my... I don't golf. I don't fish. I don't... Uh, it's... That's it for me. Yeah. That's, my, that's my pastime. Boy, I went to Taylor Swift, and oh. she was... Wow, she was incredible. Uh, my, She's saying my, just to you. It, she makes you feel like that. There are 72,000 people there. Yeah. And the line for the men's room was really short. So <laughs> that, was a nice, that was a nice bonus, too. But uh, I went with my family. We were lucky enough to get uh, face value tickets when they first went oh, on that's sale. A big deal. And uh, it, was, it was a tremendous show. And, and what I find is that I crave a certain kind of show when I haven't been there for a long time. So I need a stadium show every once in a while. Yeah. I need a club show every once in a while, kind of a GA show. So I, 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 the venue has a lot to do with it. When I saw the beautiful South at DV8, that was huge because, you know, that was a long time ago. But I'd never imagined that they'd come over and perform for $8 for me to go see That's them awesome. at DV8. And then... Uh, Boy, I loved seeing Morrissey at the Zephyr Club. That was I've seen him quite a few That's times, cool. and that was that was fun. So it's we could do a whole podcast on that. So I'll stop there. Oh but, my gosh, uh, it's literally like you're speaking a different language. Like this world of music and concerts, it's like foreign land to me, and it was fascinated. You, you, yeah. We lost you after Taylor Swift. Okay, yeah, like right. this will tell you my concert going experience. Like Trans Siberian Orchestra was the first concert I ever oh, went to, oh, yeah. and like. My live music of choice is musicals, frankly, and that's not a concert-going experience. So I like musicals, but Ooh. thank you for acknowledging that those are two very different things. People oh, 100%. Think because I like music and I like concerts, I like musicals. <laughs> oh, no. Like, no, <laughs> somebody speaking and conveying their story through a song is not the same as seeing Bruce Springsteen bring the house down. You know, that's a, di that's a very different thing, that's which I've also done in the last year. Wow. Yes. A I, few years ago, I realized that all the concerts that I went to, everyone qualified for Social Security. Like yeah. every band that I saw was at least 65 or older. Yeah, that's why I really try to mix it up. I try to... I try to be very uh, intentional about listening yeah. to new music. You have to force yourself at a certain age or else you get in a rut of listening to the things that are comfortable and nostalgic. 
And uh, that's true. Streaming music has made that really easy because now I can look and and see. All right, so and so's coming to town. I'm going to learn about them and see if I will, you know, find out about them before they come, so mm-hmm. I don't years later wish I'd seen them early on. Oh, and that's so, so true. It, it it's anyway. I'll stop talking about well. concerts so that we can get to something else. But uh, it's good thank to you know for that, asking It's those good to questions. know that you're a Swifty, though. Yes. So, oh, uh, I am a full-blown Swifty. And I will add, it wasn't just the spectacle or the short bathroom lines that converted me. Her performances, her music, really, it was, it was very impactful. I loved it. I thought it was incredible. There you go. Well, yeah, let's get into our topic for yes, this year. Yes, um, The last couple of years, we've been using the ISTE standards. There are several different categories of standards for um, technology use in schools. This year, we're focusing in on the ISTE standards for students. So each month, we'll be doing a different pod- podcast topic that uses one of these standards as kind of our theme for that month. Right. But we thought today maybe we could use a little bit of all of them to give our listeners just a little bit of an overview of what we'll be talking about this year. And sure. maybe relate it to how this is applied in Jordan School District. Great. So maybe I'll kick off the first one yeah. if that's okay, Kara. Um, one of the standards is called creative communicator. So how do we get our message out to all the different stakeholders and the different audiences in the community that make up the Jordan School District? Maybe just share a little of your thoughts about how you try and reach out to all the different groups that make up Jordan School District. Well, that's one of the difficult parts of my job is try to communicate is to try to communicate with. Uh, the large number of parents and students and employees and, and community partners that we have. And my podcast, The Supercast, is the way that I've tried to do that. I talked with the board about that in the interview when I was trying to get this job yeah. and uh, told them that that's a way that I wanted to communicate. I like it because you can listen to it while you're doing other things. You can put me on 2X if you want to really mm-hmm. crank through it. And, I've heard uh, your voice that high. You don't have to stop other things that you're doing and you're able to absorb it. And uh, that's been really rewarding for me because I've been able to connect with individuals as I record the podcast. Right. So everyone who's on the podcast, I understand better what they do and who they are and why they're here. And then just episodes of the podcast allow people to connect with what we do as a district. Yeah. And because pretty much everyone has been through public school for the most part, they all may have an impression already of what goes on there. And the podcast gives an opportunity for me to expand people's vision of what's happening in Jordan School District, help personalize what's happening mm-hmm. as they get to know the people who are involved. And uh, so, so that's been an important communication tool for me. And the communications department has done an incredible job of supporting that and enhancing that. And uh, I always get my picture with the people that are on the podcast and we post it on social media to help kind of boost their their profile and what they're doing as well. Mm. And that has been a nice alternative to the uh, bullet point emails that we had to send out, especially during COVID. Mm. There was one time uh, where I was at a graduation and a student as part of his speech said, and we're graduating, so we'll never have to get an email from Jordan School District <laughs> again. And he was uh, celebrating that, and they, everyone burst into applause because they wouldn't have to hear, get another email from Jordan District. So I've really, the podcast is one way, but we've really tried to provide some resources and some means of communication that are different from just getting another another email. Because they nobody runs to their inbox to see sure. what cool, exciting emails they have. But mm-hmm. the podcast, as you know, on this podcast... It, putting that information into someone's entertainment 
uh, stream is is a great way to get the information out. So that's a major way that we've tried that. We also, with board meetings, we stream those mm. via YouTube. Was that new with your administration? Uh, that was new, yes. Uh, I'm not taking credit for that. That was a discussion we'd been having with the board for a while, and it just made sense because we want as many people to have access to it as possible. Sure. And again, with the help of the communications department and the vision of the board to make this as accessible as possible, we have uh, video recordings of uh, those YouTube streams that are posted and indexed on YouTube so that you can click on a topic and go right to that portion of the meeting. Other, that way you don't have to listen to all eight hours of the meeting, but you can go right. Or you can play it on two times speed. You can t- play it on two times speed. Not you saying can, I've ever done that before. But. Well, you know, we. Uh, who can blame you for finding just the right moment and then speeding through that? Because you, you want to get to just the right spot that, that applies to what you're looking for. So I feel like we're, we're pretty accessible. There, there are really ways for people to engage and to, to be part of what we're doing. That actually um, brings to mind one of these other standards talks about uh, being a global collaborator and the importance of working with lots of different stakeholders and um, just different groups. So um, as a position with yours, like being superintendent, you work with lots of different groups. Um, So how how do you collaborate with those groups and how do you collaborate with other LEAs? Um, like what's the value of being a global collaborator or like a big picture collaborator? There's a, there's a lot of value that comes from connecting with people outside of the district. And that is one of the opportunities that I have as superintendent that I didn't have to the same degree. I hope that everyone gets something of a chance to do that. Um, you know, when you had Brooke Anderson on, you talked, mm. she talked about using Twitter to connect with other teachers in Utah. There are lots of means to do that, more than ever. But a few that I use, uh, you know, we have monthly meetings with superintendents at the state level. And we have a three-day meeting this month that allows us to get to know each other and share some ideas, have some guest speakers. And the superintendents do a nice job of networking with each other. We'll email questions out to each other and say, okay, what are you doing about this? What are you doing about that? So we do learn from each other, and there are a lot of great ideas. You also learn how rural school districts have a much different situation compared to ours. Yeah, that's huge. In, in a larger district. But there are things we can learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, We have a joint legislative committee, for example, that I met with this morning that has board and superintendent representatives from districts across the state to talk cool. about how to interact effectively with the legislature. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you described earlier, Kira, I've been to a lot of conferences over the past year, and every conference I bring something away mm-hmm. uh, that I can use, and it's a different perspective from another state or from, from uh, other districts who are just looking at things in, in a new way. So we, I, I really try to personally connect with a lot of outside influences and I try to provide that opportunity for as many people as I can. You know, the superintendents, that's a good example of a group that it seems like we have so many different uh, perspectives based on location or size or different things. But like you mentioned, all of us are trying to tackle some of the same issues and it's kind of neat to see, like you mentioned rural school districts, I remember when COVID was first happening, the rural school districts were almost the most innovative right. because they've 
it's funny to say it like this, but they've actually had that experience of distance learning way more than the average urban urban school district or suburban school district. So like they'd already put Wi-Fi on buses and done a lot of different things because they had to. So that transition wasn't quite as difficult as it might be for schools that had never really done distance learning. Absolutely true. And they apply for grants we don't even know about because yeah. they have problems that need solving. And as a result, they look for some innovative ways of accomplishing mm. things. So I think we learn a lot from each other. I even have an appointment uh, tomorrow with another superintendent. We've been kind of curious about some things that we've each been doing. So mm. we're going to sit down for the afternoon and go through how we each approach things and how people in our district are approaching problems and yeah. opportunities. And so there, uh, there are a lot of opportunities like that in this state. And it's, it's, it's been really rewarding to get to know other superintendents. I'm a member of the well-known band, the Superintendents of Rock. <laughs> I'm so glad you and brought that up. What's, what's funny <laughs> you is You guys are huge in Fillmore. We are huge in Fillmore, yes, that's right. <laughs> Where our 12-inch single was released exclusively on orange vinyl. Yeah, the, um, no, it's, uh, it's funny because whenever we get together to practice, yeah. We have to have about half an hour of closed session debriefing on, you know, so how are you handling this? What are you doing with that? And just kind of talking through the issues that we face. And uh, sometimes just hearing the question is validating because you think, right. oh, okay, everyone else is trying to figure that out too. Mm. So it's it's anytime I can connect with somebody that has a, an experience that's a little bit different from mine, I, I'm looking for a chance to learn. Yeah. Plus you get to like decompressed by jamming out with yeah. your band. Oh, so. follow it up with a good jam session. Yeah. And that, that, that's a great combination. But like last year, you guys performed at rural schools association, right? We did. And that's one of those examples too, where it is, uh, you know, when you go to a conference like that, you will have a kindergarten teacher sitting next to the superintendent of the school district in the same session. Right. And that is so unique across most conferences. Like, a lot of times administration typically will just go to administrative conferences. But in Utah, I think that's one of those places where we've broken down that wall a little bit. And it's not uncommon at all to see, you know, the deputy superintendent next to the fourth grade teacher from, you know, one of the rural school districts. Right. And with rural schools, you know, those districts, I, I tell them frequently, I'm trying to make my district feel as small as yours. Yeah, mm, that's Trying to make goal. it feel as like a community in the way that yours does. A few of us actually presented at that conference uh, last month so that we could kind of bring our Jordan perspective to that organization and kind of learn from them as well. Fantastic. Perfect time now to go to a commercial break. Are you looking for a way to spark curiosity and confidence, foster collaboration, and build problem-solving skills? The STEM Lending Library can help. We offer a variety of computer science and STEM tools. Microbits, SphereBolts, KivaPlanks, and more can be checked out for three weeks via the STEM Lending Library. These innovative and engaging tools will be sent directly to you through District Mail. You don't even have to worry about leaving your building. To find out more about the STEM Lending Library and learn about more tools that are available, visit computerscience.jordandistrict.org. 
If you have any questions, please email me, tracy.renlisbach at jordandistrict.org. Or if that's too much to type, you can find me at computerscience.jordandistrict.org, and I would be happy to help you. Welcome back, everybody, from our lovely commercial break. So we are back. Welcome back, everybody. So glad you're here. Um, And we wanted to dive into this question about um, the standard is digital citizen. So you kind of talked about this a little bit earlier about using social media to communicate with different stakeholders. Um, But how do you see students contributing to being a good digital citizen in the future? Like, how can they segue into being a good digital citizen once they leave Jordan to district? Like what things should they be learning here that they'll take with them into the virtual world later? I think if we have an environment where they're able to engage with lots of different ways of learning digitally and they can see the valuable, um, how they can contribute as a creator themselves and how they can not just be a consumer of facts and information that they encounter online, but that they can actually pull some of that information together and be a creator themselves. I think it's difficult sometimes for students to really visualize what they're capable of. Some students have a knack for it. Some really need a nudge from a teacher. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of uh, people, I think adults that you could talk with who would say, I remember when a teacher told me, hey, you're pretty good at this. You ought to Mm. pursue that. And I think with digital citizenship, it's the same way. Like, you know, what do you like to do uh, and and how how can you be a responsible digital citizen and still advance your interests and and how how does that connect to what you're already interested in? Um, It's a part of our daily lives. It has been for a very long time and it will continue to evolve. So I think having helping students be really good consumers of information that they find online, having students really become adept at being creators in ways that they want to be, and having them be very intentional and thoughtful about the way they engage with the digital world. Mm. I think if we give them examples of how that can work in the classroom, then that will really set them up for success as an adult. I don't think cutting it off is helpful at all because then they aren't engaging with the digital world in a responsible way. They're not learning how to do that from responsible adults who know how to do so in a way that's really effective and impactful. I've been in education long enough that one of the advances we made in my school when I was a new principal is that we replaced all the chalkboards with whiteboards. (laughs) So I've been around for a little (laughs) while, and I've been able to see the evolution. And, uh, you know, artificial intelligence is probably the latest example of this. Yeah, that's great. We, you know, I remember when there were restrictions on who got a color screen. I remember when there were restrictions on who got color printers because they were seen as this indulgence. And over time, now we're one-to-one. Now we have really, in many ways, disposable computers where you have a Chromebook that Mm -hmm. isn't supposed to last forever. And so as this evolves, we just need to always be thinking about what's next and how we can connect kids in a meaningful way to what's next 
so they aren't left kind of out on their own trying to navigate the digital world. And artificial intelligence to me is the next step along the way. I mean, if you go back far enough, calculators were, were blowing everyone's mind. Like, how are kids ever going to know yeah. arithmetic anymore? Mm-hmm. So we have to take that same sort of approach and say, let's not be Luddites. Let's not resist the next wave we don't embrace it mindlessly either and think, oh, it's new, so it must be fantastic. Mm-hmm. But we think about the meaningful way to engage. And if we provide examples of that to our students and help them make a genuine connection to digital learning with all the latest, because they're going to be aware of the latest, whether we are or not, then I think we really set set kids on a good course. Oh, my gosh. I wanted to, like, just applaud all of that because, like, it's so – so empowering for our students to like prepare them well in this like digital sphere and like all that you just talked about. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Well, and especially when you think about the concept of artificial intelligence, you mentioned the the difference between being a creator and a consumer. So we're going to have kids that just want to consume the content that AI creates. Right. And doesn't even think twice about it. But then our goal, hopefully as educators is to, use that artificial intelligence to create and have the kids think critically about what is being created, what is being said. That's right. And I think we believe sometimes that someone's digital uh, abilities are based on their age. Yeah. Oh, because they're 13, they're automatically connected in every way to the digital world in a meaningful way. And it's simply not the case. So I think we need to be uh, curious about where they are and what their skills are and intentional about moving those skills forward and connecting them, like I've said, in meaningful ways to the digital world. Yeah, that's a great definition of what a digital citizen is, right? Somebody who can use the technology to advance whatever the cause is in a productive way. And to understand the dangers, the trade-offs, yeah. the, the world that you're entering when you enter a digital world as yeah. a creator or a consumer. In, in 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 both directions, there's unlimited possibility and some pitfalls mm-hmm. and, and difficulties that you want to help. Uh, you want to help kids avoid. Yeah. Sure. And I would add to that, too. It's not short-sighted in the sense that, like, oh, these are the dangers, and that's where we end the conversation. Yeah. Don't do this. Don't do that. But we extend it to being, like, these are some things to watch out for and to be careful on. And yeah, then these are the potentials of what you could do in, in this space and with these tools, um, doing good and being safe. That's right. Yeah. So we're going to mix things up and we're going to go into a speed round. I okay. know this is one of those moments where we, we're going to have quick questions and quick answers. So the first standard that we want to look at is knowledge constructor. Um, as we look forward to the next year, why is it important to have students be more of the creator versus the consumer that we just talked about? Uh, I I think creativity gives students a sense of efficacy. Well, I made something. Well, this is unique to me. This this is about me. This isn't just parroting something that someone else has told me. So it becomes very personal, and it makes the learning personalized. And in the same way that we talk about kids, you know, having jobs in the future that we don't even know about right now that we're preparing them for, Hopefully, we're preparing kids to create those jobs, That's right. to be the innovators that are creating jobs that people don't even know about. That's actually a really good segue into the next standard, which is innovative designer. So how do you bring innovation to the district as superintendent? Well, we've really tried to do some new things. Uh, we have 
tremendous people in this district who want the best for kids and they'll do whatever it takes to, to, to provide that. And so we've, we've done some things that are a little bit different where we've, we've moved forward with a walk to read program, for example, in the past, we did not have a program that was required of every teacher at the elementary level, but we've seen enormous impact from everyone working together on this innovation. We went to other districts. Uh, we had great people who were researching this over years, uh, finding out what other districts have done, what's going to be effective, and we've already seen reading scores shoot up. Mm. So uh, innovation is about doing new things that you have been very intentional about uh, researching so that you know that your efforts are going to be worthwhile. The other thing is, I think we have to be really careful about always having the end in mind or the goal in mind. Um, you have to have what uh, is called an agricultural mindset toward education. I think you want to create fertile ground for things mm -hmm. to happen. We have too often an industrial mindset. I would describe it as kind of a conveyor belt mentality. Yeah. We put this on and mm -hmm. then we assemble this and then you take this course and then you earn this content. And it's important to have that structure, but it's important to balance it out with an agricultural approach where you have a very fertile ground for learning and for creativity. And then you see what grows, you see what comes of it. And you allow kids that chance to discover some things about themselves and uh, about the world around them. So we'll segue that into our last of our speed round questions. Kind of as you're describing this agricultural model, what what are some of those key elements that help create that fertile ground for students so that they can be um, kind of creative thinkers and analytic about the world around them? Well, I have my motto for the district that I've used since I became superintendent, and uh, I don't plan to stray from it. It's mm. a little exhausting to go through new mottos every yeah. year. <laughs> But it's be curious, be intentional, be united. And the idea is be curious, ask yourself, is this, why is this working? Why is this not working? Should we be doing this? Should we not be doing this? Just asking a lot of questions about the individuals that you're working with and that you're serving, um, about things that we've done for a long time, things we've never tried. Ask yourself a lot of questions. And then be intentional. Do things on purpose. Do things not because... They're easy to do, um, not, not because they're hard to do, not because they're new, not because they're old, but because they seem to be the right next step for what we're, we're trying to accomplish. So be intentional, do it on purpose, think it through, and then be united. Like I talked about with Walk to Read, with our middle school math program that we're doing now uh, in many of our schools, it's when w there's a collective efficacy is the term that's, that's thrown around frequently. But really, it just comes down to how good it feels to accomplish something with other people working together toward the same goal in a similar way. Not the exact same way. We yeah. all bring our own personal flavor and brand to things. But just it, it, as a united front working together. Um, so hopefully that as we function that way as adults, that we're curious about each other, curious about what we do. We're intentional about what we do next and we're united in, in our passion for kids, that as a result, students experience that themselves and that they are in an environment now where they know that curiosity is rewarded and that when they know what they think they need to do for their own learning, that they have an opportunity mm -hmm. to do that. 
and and that that unites them with their teacher, it unites them with their classmates, and it makes them really feel part of a broader community. That actually is an excellent segue into our like last com last topic that I wanted to like explore a little bit more with you. Um, so the final standard for this episode that we're going to talk about is empowered learner, and you talked a little bit about your motto: uh, "Be curious, be intentional, be united." Um, how do you see that empowering learners, but also like helping them personalize their education that they get in Jordan District? With uh, over 57,000 students in the district. That's a big, big I, group. I, I feel like we have a critical mass to offer pretty much everything that's out there. Mm-hmm. We've added IB over the last few years. We have our virtual academy. So K-12, you can attend uh, in real time classes online. And uh, you can do that asynchronously, synchronously. Yeah. They're, they're just ways to engage. We have Valley High School as an alternative school that's better than any alternative school out there. Um, we have all kinds of AP classes, all kinds of concurrent enrollment classes, CTE classes that will get you certifications that will allow you to earn a lot of money as you get through school or can be your entire career. Mm. I think we have just a, a really wide range of opportunities available to students, countless clubs, countless teams, We've added athletic teams. We've added academic uh, events and opportunities. My goal is to, is to broaden the, the opportunities for students as much as we possibly can. We have dual language immersion. We have the Majestic Elementary Arts Academy. So if your student loves to learn through art, every, every lesson has art as a component, some aspect of art, performing arts, visual arts. So there, there ought to be something for everyone in Jordan School District, and that's really what I'm working toward. And like I said, we have so many great people with such talents that we've been able to, uh, to accomplish a lot in a short period of time in terms of just the variety of opportunities that are available to students and the ways that they can engage with that. A partial schedule online gives a student a lot of flexibility for things inside and outside of school that they'd like to do. Well, and Jared, you talked about... Um one of the schools, one of the principals that participated in our uh, principal LPDL, personalized learning, yeah. um, they ran a cohort of teachers exploring PCBL, personalized competency-based learning. Yeah. And I just see that growing more and more in the district as well as like teachers at the like content level, grade level, seeing like, okay, how can I offer my students voice and choice yeah. within this class? And then that branching into what you said, all these other opportunities to supplement their education as well. Like it's just, it's such a beautiful way to see the student being empowered to take charge of their own learning. Yes. Yeah. When you, when you talk about that concept, relate it to your theme or your motto, you know, kids that are curious and intentional, they really can make a huge dramatic effort in their learning, especially when they're unified with their teacher. They're on the same page and they're moving towards something that they're passionate about. Boy, that's a, that's a high quality education for a kid that is really self-directed in a lot of ways. One of our obstacles is simply making parents aware of the range of options mm. that are available. And uh, going back to what we talked about earlier, that's been part of the bonus of the podcast is I've been able to highlight a lot of things that are going on in Jordan District that maybe people didn't realize yeah. uh, they had access to. So uh, I, I'm, I'm going to 
continue as superintendent as long as I can, just adding to those opportunities. It comes with a cost. You know, the most efficient way is to reduce choices. Sure. If you're the in and out menu, it's a lot easier than if you're the Cheesecake Factory menu. <laughs> but, I've uh, never heard that <laughs> metaphor before, but I love it. <laughs> but uh, I want to be Cheesecake Factory. I want Bang Bang Chicken and Shrimp, not just. Uh, I thought you, know, you wanted to be the secret chicken. menu at In and Out. Come on. <laughs> well, I do like the secret menu. There is that, but I don't want our menu in Jordan to be secret. Yeah, we don't want I want everyone to know. to know what's available to them. Uh, we just we just uh, have incredible programs. We have incredible people. More than that that kids can connect to and uh there's someone for everyone as they say going back to the gambler yeah. and <laughs> well, you know with, with, here. With, with all of the great educators we have the great families and students uh hopefully there's something every student can connect to and they can maybe um discover something they didn't expect to discover yeah we don't want kids to have to order their American history animal style. Look, number one animal <laughs> style is still just another number one combo. You know, it's uh, we, we don't want the secret menu. We want it right out there. Spiral bound, uh, you know, 35 pages. Exactly. Kara, as we come to the end of our conversation, it's time for a Jordan Journey pit stop. So we've still got the superintendent for another moment as we jump into this pit stop. Superintendent, as we look at the next few months in Jordan School District, any events that you want to shout out to let our community know that's what's coming up on the horizon? Well, the Fall Family Fair in early September is really an important opportunity for uh, families to find out all the resources that are available, not just from Jordan School District, but from community-based yeah. services as well. And uh, the superintendents of Rock, I mentioned earlier, will be performing uh, for signing second, autographs for our second year running. <laughs> we will sign autographs. We've not been asked to yet, but we but all, you're ready. You're we all secretly you have, have your sharpie pen. in the holster ready to go, uh, and uh, we'd be happy to sign anything. But uh, yes, uh, come out and see us. Come out and see what's available. It's one of those where you may not even know that you need a resource yeah. that, that, that's highlighted out there. And that's one of the many times I got to brag about Jordan District is we performed last year and the other superintendents are like, how do you do this? Mm. Like, well, obviously I don't. I have incredible right. people around me who who have seen a need to do this and it's grown every year and it's fabulous. I was blown so away by it. it yeah, last year I went for the first time. I couldn't believe the number of people that were in attendance, not just to hear you play, but to <laughs> to participate in all the resources yeah. and, and all the school groups that participated, whether it was oh, yeah. a dance company from one of the high schools or a choir from one of the elementary schools, just tons of different community partners that were involved. It's fantastic. And uh, it really shows what a wonderful district we have, mm -hmm. what wonderful people we have, and the, the, the outstanding community partners that, that we enjoy as well. Well, great. Well, we'll make sure everybody to check that out. The Fall Family Fair coming in September. Okay, that's all, folks. Um, we are so grateful for the superintendent for being on our podcast. So thank you for stopping by and chatting with us all about the ISTE standards for students. We're excited about this new year. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And thanks for doing this podcast. I think it's I think it's awesome. Now, are you going to sing us out with Unbreak My Heart? Oh, my gosh. Should I? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to. Okay. All right. <laughs> You got to know when to hold them. <laughs> that's good. Oh, yeah, Perfect. that's great. So, Kira, it's a rare treat that we get to have the superintendent on our podcast. What were some of your takeaways today? Oh, man, it was so fun talking with him. Um, my biggest takeaway, I think, 
is it's just so good to be reminded that he has a big picture look at what's happening in the district yeah. and um he does a great job of communicating that with his podcast but also being able to see this is how it's going to impact students this is how it's going to impact teachers this is how it's going to impact the community and ha- keeping track of all that is a big ask sure. but i mean that's his job and i think he does a great job with it yeah one of the things that just i've heard his motto of be curious be intentional be unified since i've been in the district but it's really interesting how he really does tie that into all aspects of mm. running a school district. Yeah. And I don't think it's just lip service for him. Like you notice when we would ask him questions, you could tell that he is curious about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And when he gives his answers, he's trying to be intentional. Like he really wants to think through what he's going to say. And his end goal is that as a district, we are unified, that we're all trying to be on the same page, working in the same direction for kids. Yeah. Well, and I liked it, too, because I think it uh, illustrates the art and the science of teaching. Yeah. Right? The the be curious is kind of like the art of teaching, like finding ways to connect with kids and make them uh, feel empowered in their learning. But then the science of education um, being really intentional with research evidence-based practices and, um, you know, using the best tools to get the best result for our students um, and and marrying both of those things in a way that is functional and effective and that collective efficacy that he talked about yeah. that like everybody's on the same page. Um, and that's a, that's a big deal for a district the size of Jordan. I think you've done a great job of summarizing that. Um, I would just say for us this year that that's some of our goals too, is that as we bring you different topics of ISTE standards for students this year, that we hope that you can sense our curiosity and the intentional uh, way that we try and bring you these stories. (laughs) And a woo to end. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on the Jordan journey. Great stories from great teachers in Jordan school district. See you on the next trip.